0: who the hell are you? You're Hamilton Fletcher. You're the CEO of the largest paint and coatings company east of the Mississippi. Exactly right. The college, founded by your ancestors, still exists in Hamilton, New Hampshire today, made possible by your management and financial prowess. I'm beginning to like you, my boy. Tell me more. Hamilton, New Hampshire's sports teams are A number one. Well, that's true, since I fired that bumbling jackass, Lark Larson. I only wished he had left town. So you're happy with Coach Matthias Jones? Absolutely. How do you fund the college? Well, uh, of course, we uh, procure our money from a diverse number of sources and organizations. Can you elaborate, sir? (laughs) One rule I learned long ago is not to divulge the source of your income, no matter how nefarious. Then your ventures are very profitable. When it comes to money, young man, my time is your time. So, Hamilton College is a secure school with an esteemed faculty. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Oh, there are problems at Hamilton? Problems with security personnel, that walking disaster area, Bucky Driscoll. We'll fire him. Oh, dear God, I wish I could. We'll leave it at that. Right. This seems to be a very odd fact about Hamilton, an extremely high rate of murders. Murder, mayhem, and monkey business. Like I always say, you don't like it in Hamilton, then move the hell out. Very simple. I have a meeting with the college trustees. Have a good evening. Thank you, Mr. Fletcher, I will. Hollings, where the hell is my scotch and water? Make it a double. Fletcher Coatings, made with pure American lead, premium paint, we cover up everything. If for any reason you are dissatisfied with Fletcher Coatings, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Hamilton Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Coatings, subject to big limitations. First, let me give you a boomer alert. For those not familiar with the term, We were born between 1946 and 1964. And I have to warn you all, who are accustomed to serious murder mysteries, that you have just left the city of Prince William and have crossed the line into Hamilton, New Hampshire. This is not Mary Higgins Clark, nor is it Sue Grafton, Robert B. Parker, or Ed McBain. None of these fine accomplished authors would have been caught dead in Hamilton, New Hampshire. On second thought, they might be caught dead. Take the opening scene of the strange death of Dr. Povich, the security officer for Hamilton College There's only one guy. Yeah, that's me, Bucky Driscoll, has lost the key to the gate of the school's observatory. As Jones and his friend, Professor Fred Dempsey, wait to drive into the observatory, Bucky Driscoll whacks and hacks away at the chain lot on the observatory gate with three feet of snow blanketing the Hamilton area. Might there just be the most enduring scientific principle at work here? Is it possible to be dumber than dumb? Yes, of course. You won't see any Bucky Driscoll characters consistently in the hard-boiled crime books. Angel Martin comes close in the Rockford Files on TV, and Magnum P.I. always had odd funny characters. Hamilton, New Hampshire is loaded with over-the-top, bobble-headed characters bouncing about like pinballs as the solid citizens just don't seem to be bothered by the eccentricities. Dr. Povich is a brilliant professor and scientist, but he's solid or normal. He has a running feud with Father Jim Gallagher about some money that Gallagher is going to use to build a satellite chapel in Hamilton. In the opening scene of the observatory, poor Jones He seems to be sandbagged by the bobbleheads, such as Bucky at every turn. One thing about the bobbleheads, they don't seem to know that they're strange, eccentric, or bizarre. Here's the catch within all this madness. The actual unlocking of the murder is not wacky, although there are wacky scenes with strange, eccentric, and bizarre characters. Having the crude Bucky in the presence of the esteemed Doctor is an old theme. The Marx Brothers were geniuses at doing just that, and the Stooges with their zaniness collides with the snobby rich or someone who is the boss. But somebody has to die in a murder mystery for Dr. Sergi Povich, the bell is tolling. How would Dr. Povich just croak at his telescope? At first, Jones thinks it's a heart attack. But the medical examiner, Clayton Morris, finds the doctor was... ...poisoned. Oh dear, oh dear, who would want to poison the good doctor? Well, who would have the motive? Who would have the means? Who would have the opportunity? Who, who, who? Ha ha! We have Gallagher, who served Povich's last meal but could not contain his anger at the doctor. Jones' star basketball player Duff, who has a secret drug problem known only to Dr. Povich. And what about Povich's companion, Elsie McIntyre? Was she just after his money? Many times when I'm writing a Jones book, I let the culprit float out there for a while or maybe even change the murderer. Helping Jones solve the mystery is the ever-incompetent Bucky Driscoll. I like to bring in a flamboyant character to muck up the investigation, or sometimes help the investigation in each of these books. And also important is the connection to local Club Max, Coco Stefani, who brings the naive Jones from Indiana into a world of high-powered mafia figures and nefarious characters. Let's look at a few of the other templates from 1960's TV series. I know I've mentioned this before, but it's probably more important than the mystery aspects of the Matthias Jones book. In Hogan's Heroes, the characters around Hogan and his operations are out to lunch for sure. Colonel Klink has distinct character eccentricities. Clink plays the violin and rather badly, although Werner Klumperer could do quite well with the violin. Schultz eats too much, knows nothing, and sees nothing, and is chummy with the prisoners. John Banner, who played Schultz, once said there should be more people like Schultz in the world. And in the Hogan series, there's always a character popping into camp who drives the rest of the show in the episode and has distinct attributes. The series New Heart brought in zany characters highlighted by Larry and the two Darrells. Going to infinity and beyond to suspend disbelief where shows like Gilligan's Island, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched, Greenacres, and many of these bobbleheads were around Eddie Albert, who is competent and has been a lawyer in New York, yet they think he's the odd duck. I like to put Jones in those situations. These types of characters can have some device or plan that sweeps everyone else along through the episode. In Hogan's, Major Hoxteder always shows up as a threat, sporadically in the episodes. So does Burkhalter, with a little bit more power. This produces a variety and tension in the episode. Bucky is the culprit in the Povich book, showing up to mess up. Last but not least, you see it in every repeating book and TV show, the relationship of the characters. Take Star Trek, the original series. Even though you might marvel at the science fiction of faraway planets or unconquerable foes, it revolves around the relationship of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, as well as Chekhov, Sulu, and Uhura. And holding the ship together is Scotty. The venue is different, but the mechanics are the same. That's what subtly influenced me, growing up, and I put into the Matthias Jones series, with settings taken from places I've lived, worked, or gone to school. I didn't outline the series using these shows or movies as a template, but they were stuck in my brain and tumbled into the books or audio. As for Dr. Povich, he's still dead. See you next week. Same time, same station. Robert P. Finn. my books that are available in paperback, Kindle, and audio at www.bittenbooks.com. You can listen to all my audiobooks on audible.com. Just type in Robert P. Fitton. Thank you and good night.